Hey, everybody, just a quick note regarding what you're about to hear, which is actually an impromptu discussion of the election that we recorded late yesterday, uh, Wednesday afternoon of the election week, if you're listening to this sometime in the future. So the way the discussion went, we ended up taking some shots at CrossPolitik. And I want to be clear about a couple things. Number one, none of us actually listen to CrossPolitik on a regular basis. That's number one. Number two, I assume if we did listen, we would find that they would probably agree with the bones, with the theory behind a lot of what you're going to hear us say. And probably they've said similar things on their show and in their live appearances and stuff. That's important to note because what the episode ends up being about as much as anything, as you'll hear in a minute, is cheap reformed triumphalism. And what we're arguing is that the presentational tone of the things we see on the cross-politic email list, on their Facebook, YouTube videos, things like that, communicates this cheap reformed triumphalism that you're going to hear us talk about. But here's the thing. The problems that we're addressing with cross-politics are basically problems of tone. Our beef is with the tone of what we see in various promotional materials, you know, like the trailer for the Fight Laugh Feast conference, just to take one example. Insofar as the medium is the message, insofar as people and organizations and podcasts put out a lot of signals that aren't just in the things they explicitly say, but in the way that they say them, we, Sound of Sanity, do have a problem with what cross-politic communicates in the things that we see from them. You know, when you're scrolling through Facebook and you come across a random trailer for a cross-politic thing, just the way that the trailers cut together, the way that the music is used, communicates something. And we're picking a beef in this episode with that. But you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. A trailer is not the same thing as one episode, and one episode isn't the same thing as listening to a body of work. And I haven't done that. Jake hasn't done that. Ben hasn't done that. So I just want to upfront make it very clear, we don't actually see the breadth or the depth of what cross-politic does. And and like I said before, I'm going to guess if you talk to Pastor Toby, like he would agree with the theoretical substance of what we're talking about in this episode. Uh, He would just argue that it doesn't apply to him. And maybe if you have a more comprehensive understanding of his messaging than Sound of Sanity does, that's true. But like like I've been saying, what we're talking about in the episode are surface matters, a, a vibe, a tone, an affectation, that we don't like very much. Uh, We don't pretend to know whether it goes deeper than that. Actually, we do know that in some ways it probably doesn't go deeper than that. But there's something there that we don't like that we wanted to talk about. I think that everything that I just said is implicit in the episode, actually pretty explicit in the episode, but I thought it was worth making it absolutely clear up front because we do love those guys. They are our brothers in Christ, and I just wanted to be very clear about what we were saying and what we weren't saying. Okay, here comes the up. You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity. A little special episode, a little special episode, L-I-L, special episode where we process the election. I'm your humble and obedient host, Nathan Aaron Alberson. That's Ben Solzer right there. Hello. And that's Pastor Jake Menzel right there. Hey, what's up? Pastor who's a master of sanity. As we record this, the election 
is not over. Yep. And it'll probably be released like maybe. Well, the election's over, but the results. The results are not in. And yeah. maybe they won't. They, I'm guessing they won't be in by the time you hear this. Maybe they will. Or maybe, you know, things will be on fire. Who knows? I don't know. We're recording this uh, at the end of the day. Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday afternoon. So some of the key states are still counting ballots and we don't know. It feels like maybe the Democrats are worried. Yeah. Well, it feels like everybody's worried. Yeah. On the one hand, you've got, at least right now, last time I looked, uh, Democrats are claiming that Trump is trying to steal the election and calling for investigations of the United, uh, the Postmaster General and et cetera, et cetera. And on the other hand, Republicans are claiming voting fraud. Both mm-hmm. sides seem to be ready to go to war. Mm-hmm. The dark Certainly times, to, uh, as you probably peace. remember them, listener, because <laughs> everything's peaches, I'm sure. By the time, you're, this, by the time yeah. you're hearing, it's peaches and cream. I, I told Ben this mm-hmm. morning that in some ways it's about the worst possible outcome. Not that we don't know who's going to be the president yet, but we do know that both sides are in a position to make a strong case that there was fraud and or strongly make a weak case as, or as, strongly make a weak case <laughs> as the case may be. And yeah. But, but one way or another, their side is going to be with them. The voting block that stands behind them is going to be ready to believe and go all in on claims of uh, trying to organize a coup or steal an election. Mm-hmm. There was no landslide one way or another. Right. Which so. was probably too much to host Pope for, but it would have made things simple. Would have made things at least simpler, yeah. Simpler, yeah. More yeah. simple? Is it simpler or more simple? I think it's simpler. Ben, your thoughts? Simpler times. Simpler. More simple times. Simpler. A more simple plan. <laughs> All right, well, we don't, Ben, are you a, is your last name Shapiro? Are you a whiny, fast-talking? Well, I'll tell you what I think about that, Nathan. I can't, don't know what <laughs> yeah. Shapiro actually sounds like. I can't remember. Oh, man, I can't believe he just came into the room. <laughs> He sounds, like, he sounds a lot like Benjamin Q. Solzer, actually. <laughs> he does, yeah. Uh, oh, man. If, ben, if only Benjamin Q. Solzer were here, he would have a lot to say. He would have a lot to say about this. But uh, we don't pretend to be... Uh, your name's not Shapiro. It's Solzer. It's, it's Solzer. My name's not... Limbaugh. Limbaugh. And Jake's name isn't Jake Trapper. Isn't Jake Medved. Trapper a... Or Medved? Tapper. J- Jake Medved. Tapper. Yeah, not Tapper. Yeah, you're right. Not Trapper. Uh, we, we don't pretend to be political analysts or experts in any of this but yeah we're not out there trying to pose as the final word on politics from a christian perspective we are not out there uh trying to pose uh i just thought we'd process uh in real time though we we haven't really prepared anything special for the podcast i just wanted to get you guys thoughts how did you i I have a very specific take on all this that i want to get to which we've discussed very briefly off air but i want to hear how you guys were processed ben how are you processing this yesterday oh yesterday i think i felt some extra spiritual tension just like a sense of darkness mm-hmm. basically yeah the world is in god's hands and that's fine in the abstract but <laughs> but if your country is going to be become more ruined than it already is by democrats and policies that kill babies and restrictions of freedoms you enjoy and take for granted then that's not abstract anymore, and that stinks, and that's a reason to feel bad and feel bad about your own taking everything for granted, too. So, I don't know. I just felt a sense of, I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't like it. And I think I was also, I'm sure I was just 
processing my own personal demons as well, Nathan, mm-hmm. unrelated to the election, all gets mixed together. And I found myself praying that God would have mercy on the country and hoping that Trump would win. Did you find that this dark malaise overtook the entire day in such a way that it was hard to function? Or was it just kind of like every hour I'm sort of checking in, thinking about it again? Some mix between those two things you just said. Somewhere between yeah. it overtook <laughs> your entire life and yeah, devoured it. I mean, I know it's it's hard to extricate the personal from the political yesterday. Right. Yeah. So did you spend what time did you get to sleep? See, yep, that's part of it. Late you mean last night or the night before? Last night? Last night's what I mean. What would then Well, I I was thinking about my day yesterday and how it was impacted by the lack of not, sleep. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> no, but I, but, but but I mean last night. Last night, probably like I think we we fell asleep watching TV at like ten thirty maybe, and then I woke up and brushed my teeth and went back to bed at eleven thirty, and what, it felt like a late night, even if mm-hmm. it wasn't that late. What's a what's a normal bedtime for you? Good question. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> well, between... for some people, ten ten thirty is early, and for some people, ten thirty is ten thirty is what we ten thirty is what we shoot for, mm-hmm. and we often don't hit it. So maybe eleven. Okay. So yeah, and I seem to be. Kind of sleep sensitive, like I need eight hours. So I don't know. That was the day, and then just watching, watching, w- it. Did- wa- watching things kind of not happen for a long time until we fell asleep, and then thinking as I fell asleep, like, oh well, <laughs> oh well, mm-hmm. this is in God's hands, and whether it's a it's four more years of Trump, which has been largely positive in my humble estimation, or it's four years of Biden, which looks to be extremely negative. I'm going to have to live as a Christian. And if I think I've been taking a lot of things for granted that God has given us, even in a country as as morally compromised as ours, I, should, I shouldn't take those things for granted and I should trust God. You know, all those things kind of floated through my mind in a vague, vague way as I drifted off to sleep and, and thought, oh, well, <laughs> whatever. And you find that the dark malaise has lifted today or is still it, kind of with a you? A lot of it lifted. Jake knows in the car this morning I was feeling oxty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spent most of the early part of our drive to Bloomington processing Ben's ox about the election. What? Yeah. Is that true? It's, oh. it's mostly true. Huh. Is there any things that were gleaned from that processing that would be helpful for our listeners to hear about? <laughs> I want to get ready to, uh, you know, let's see, what's the proverb I was thinking of earlier today? When the wicked come into power, the people mourn. That's mm-hmm. a rough take of it. I was like, well, I guess we should get ready to do that. That's how mourn. I feel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should get ready to mourn. And Jake said, maybe this was off mic. No, he said it on mic. I don't know that he was feeling pretty zen mm-hmm. about the whole thing. I don't think Jake's weighed in on mic yet. Has yeah. he not? Uh, He's no. Then he said that off mic. Well, let's bring Jake into the mix. Jake, what happened to you yesterday? You just went up on a mountain and said <laughs> exactly. alms. And- yeah, no. Uh, so I woke up. I sent Amanda to go vote, hung with the little boys. Mm-hmm. And then she came home. And I went and voted. Around and 11 o'clock or so? Yeah, 11, 11.30. Was in and out. Smoothest voting experience of my life. And then I went, and I didn't even think about how this impacted my day until Ben was talking just now. And it occurred to me that I should put this into the story. Mm-hmm. I went and I met a guy that somebody introduced me to on Facebook. This is somebody I should meet, the Christian down in Evansville. And so I went to a Mongolian barbecue and I sat with this guy for an hour and a half, two hours. In some ways, just a new Christian uh, who's had a really hard life, 
deep into drugs, uh, busted for drug dealing, uh, went to prison, 10-year sentence, served two years. I became a Christian in, in jail and through prison ministry and just one of the sweetest, most humble people I've met in a long time. Uh, is really embarrassed and ashamed of his past, but unwilling to hide it. Painful for him to talk about, but it's his testimony of what God's done, and so he he leads with it. I was encouraged by what God's done in his life, what God's using him to do in the lives of other people, and the kind of guy you just want to be around. Prayed for me for like five to ten minutes right there in the restaurant, not super spiritual or anything, just really sweet. So yeah, I love this guy. But then um, he put on a MAGA hat and you were like, I'm not having anything to do with this guy <laughs> And then we, he put on a MAGA hat and we fist bumped and said, go Trump. <laughs> yeah. No, that didn't happen. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> went for a little bit of a drive, ended up down at the river, had a phone call and did some reading and some sort of like planning, vision casting, like not vision casting, but just sort of like working out the vision, working out some plans, brainstorming about uh, our church plant. Mm-hmm which I think was really just me trying to control the things I can control. Yep. Really just trying to leave, you know, what I can't control in God's hands to control what I can control. So I went home, had a college student over for dinner. I was trying to avoid mainstream media because mm-hmm. I was just sick of it. Um, so I tried a couple of different like podcasts, you know, live podcast things. So I actually flipped on uh, Joe Rogan and threw it on mute right away. And then with that on, told the kids we were going to talk about something more important at the dinner table. With, and then I just went through the litany of normal things that we talk about at the dinner table. I talked to them about who they played with at recess. Nice. And, and what they learned in Bible class and stuff like that. And then after that, I flipped Rogan on and off and on and off and on and off, which in and of itself was a mistake and stupid. You should have just had all the kids gather around and say, we listen to Joe Rogan in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone so be quiet. Well, and the other thing is that it was getting pretty crass. Mm-hmm. Rogan wasn't had promised to have some crazy people on, and then they didn't show up, or at least for the part that I was watching. So it wasn't even as interesting as I thought it could be. Whatever. I was just trying to find some interesting, free thinking kind of perspective that wasn't just going to be like we hate Trump and everything is stupid and you're stupid and or everything's great because. I had watched this CNN like three minute like promo yes. thing. I, I, encourage, you guys. I encourage people to find the CNN election. What is it? It's like the opening credits to their yeah, election it, coverage. Yeah, it's it was just amazing. It was just yeah. like, I don't want anything to do with any no, of this. You know, and I put the kids to bed and then I fell asleep on the couch while Amanda was working on a coat. Yep. Right. My, my wife got a text from Amanda saying, great. Now I have to stop hammering because... Jake fell asleep. The old man fell asleep. She doesn't actually call you the old man, but he yeah, fell asleep. I heard about that text too. I think my wife got it as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Amanda likes to complain when she can't hammer things. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it was probably a group thread. I don't know why both, both our wives felt compelled. To, I've got some interesting hot guys to tell you. Yeah. Amanda wants to be hammering right now. But Jake fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep on the couch at like somewhere between 10 and 10 30 at some point i realized that i fell asleep on the couch and i went to bed with my clothes on Mm -hmm. then i woke up and i went to the gym all right control the things you can control control the things you can control and boy does he control it folks the stronger i am the harder i am to kill Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then I came home and all my kids were gathered around the computer trying to figure out the election results. So I made them shut it. Mm-hmm. And I said, we got more, more important things to talk about and think about this morning. And then you did like the mundane details of your day with the kids. Like, no, I, that, thereby I, that was the night before. Okay. And yeah. No, I just talked to them a little bit about Jesus is king and whatever happens, it's something that he planned to happen. And it's something that we'll adapt to one way or another and live through by faith and work through by faith. And so it sounds like you did not have a dark malaise. You were genuinely maybe doing yet. a few things to sort of control it, to, to allow yourself to be a little zen. You know, but, we did this episode on like preempting seasonal depression. And yeah, stuff. that was a helpful episode to do. And I think that preempting things like this, although it wasn't intentional, I think it was God's kindness. Like this meeting with this guy was God's kindness. Hmm. I wasn't actively thinking, I will go down to one of the most beautiful places in the whole wide world and enjoy the beauty of God's creation on this beautiful sunshiny day, Mm -hmm. strategically work on the future, building a church that is going to be vital and crucial to preparing to help people deal with whatever it is we have to deal with and adapt to whatever we have to like. None of that was intentional. It was, if anything, it was intuitive or just... Mm, old subterranean Jake was pulling a few strings. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I so. did actually, I did go on a run like in the dark last night before we started watching election coverage, before we eat dinner. That helped. So, yeah. You bring a flashlight or anything? Or nope. you're just like smashing into walls? And yeah. <laughs> For some reason, that really seemed to calm me down. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel pretty calm today yeah. in a weird way. <laughs> Get out of my head, dark malaise. As you ran your head into a tree in the dark. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> you you are correct. That's the narrative. You're correct, yeah. So I woke up yesterday. We, we got up at like 8 o'clock. The school that's holding the elections in our district is within walking distance of my apartment. So we got my mom, we had some coffee, we walked over, stood in line with our masks for maybe five minutes, and then went up to the guy. He types in my, my driver's, driver's license, license, and he says, oh, your address, and then he gives an address from, my, from ancient history, like a place I haven't lived at for like 10, 15 years. You'll have to go to the district all the way across town to that school. And I just said, okay. And I figured, in my brain, I figured my driver's license is probably has that old address and that's why this is happening to me and I could fight it, but I guess I won't because, you know, what am I going to do? I could have gone to the BMV and got this fixed, but I didn't. So they must be assuming I'm different district. So I drive all the way across town to the other school, stand in a much longer line, get up there. They pull up my card. The guy says, oh, no, no, your address is, and then he gives the address where I actually live. You need to be at the other district. And I was like, they just sent me from that. I I was standing in line. I was there. They sent me here. Well, it says your thing. And so argued with him a little bit. And then he called his manager over and she was like, I'm going to have to call downtown. And then she called downtown. Hey, we got some clown here. She says some voter here that blah, 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 blah. What should I do? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then they told me I had to go back to the other place. (laughs) And I was very upset by this (laughs) but they did say which i thought was kind of cool just skip the line just walk past the line ask for the inspector and i I didn't realize there was such a person as the inspector but i drove all the way back to the school i walked in i walked past the line everybody gave me dirty looks 
And they said, oh, what are you doing? And I said, I was told to talk to the inspector. And then they brought me to the inspector. And it wasn't like a cool guy with a walrus mustache <laughs> and a, like a, a monocle or anything like. Cousteau hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was some lady with a face shield. She was like, oh, yeah, I've got your name. I'm going to help you vote. Just go to that. And actually, so the moral of this story is it was actually really nice. Like they made him a stupid mistake. I don't know how it happened. But given the stupid mistake, it was really efficient the way they cleaned it up. Mm -hmm. So at the end of it, I went home to my wife and I was like, democracy works. (laughs) (laughs) My wife was like, why? You just had to, you just like went over all over town. I was like, actually, it left me with a really good feeling. Like all the volunteers were Mm -hmm. coordinating. They called downtown. They got it fixed. You know, it wasn't like, it it was a bureaucratic nightmare, but they assessed it and fixed it with quick authoritative steps that allowed me to maximize my time and everything that's the story morning glory i did vote the way that we do it in this the district where i voted is they just give you a piece of paper and then you go stand at a table with a bunch of other people and you just fill it in and i was standing next to a guy who had forgotten his reading glasses and was loudly saying i didn't ah shoot i didn't bring my reading glasses what am i supposed to do does anybody have glasses and then he talked to a guy that was next to us sir can i borrow your glasses and the guy was like, I'm not sure the prescription will work for you. Well, I forgot my... And they were arguing about it when I left. Wow. So wow. that was interesting. Yeah. I won't pretend like I didn't have a bad attitude about it. This is actually the first time... I, I will just uh, go ahead and go on record, I guess. This is the first time I had voted before. Uh, I was never very excited about voting for President Bush back in the... I think Bush was the first one I could have voted for, the first Republican that would have been up for... Is that true? Is that a true view, Jake? Uh, Probably, yeah. 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 I mean, you're younger than me, and I turned 18 in 2002. Right. And I would have, that would have been a Bush. 2000 would have been, right? Yes, yeah, 2000. 2000 would have been the first election mm-hmm. for, for George W. Bush. So 2004 probably would have been your first shot. Right. At a presidential election. Yeah, I was a very cynical teenager. I was, ah, you know, my boat, Indiana always goes red anyway. Who cares? Just didn't bother out of wicked indolence. Later on, it became a little bit more principial. Like I don't, I, I don't like Obama, but I, I, I really can't vote for this guy. Like I, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I could vote for a third party. You know, I, I never really sat down and thought it out philosophically. And I know people say like it's your duty and your privilege, and you know, people spat blood so that you could. And, okay, but I really just was paralyzed by the fact that I didn't want to vote for anybody. And the same thing happened with the first Trump election where I was just like, I can't vote for this guy. Like, I, I, I guess I could go vote against Hillary Clinton. I don't like her very much. She's kind of a, a vampire. I can't vote for this guy. I, I, I just, you know, all the stuff about his particular sexual indiscretion on the bus that we won't name here had just come out within the last couple. It was just like, you know, I, I don't think I could do it. But then when he won... I felt so happy and so relieved without even realizing that I was going to feel that way, that I was just like, Nathan, you're such a hypocrite. You knew what you believed and you wanted to vote for this person and they represented this and you know, you knew it was actually bigger than the personal issues. So this time I was determined no matter what happened, I was going to vote. But then when this thing happened where they, you know, I was going to have to drive all the way across town, I was like, oh man, I know which way Indiana is going to go. Am I going to cast a vote? I was like, no. I should, and I actually care. And honestly, there's somebody that I want to vote for. 
I believe in Donald Trump. What a weird thing. I don't believe in him personally, but believe in him for the job. I believe in him for the job. I believe that he did what he said he would do. And I believe here's the thing that clinched it for me. I just always go back to this. He attended the abortion rally in Washington, D.C. And that was a good thing to do. And we could never get a Bush or anybody to do that. And for me, that's Mm -hmm. just like, if you're willing to stand up publicly with the forces of good, then I love you. I mean, mean, (laughs) Donald Trump, you wonderful man. I mean, he's, look, we don't have to make this into a thing on Trump. Everybody knows what they think about Donald Trump. Just for the record, he's a crass, vulgar, sexually wicked man. I mean, no question about it. But he stood up to be counted with the forces of good. And I was happy about that. And he earned some real affection for me for that. So I wanted to vote for him. And I did. And then I felt pretty good, I think. Me and my wife prayed about it a number of times. I think she was more actively had some of Ben's dark malaise about Mm -hmm. it. I was glad that she was vulnerable enough to just say, can we pray for this? Because then we did, and it was good. I felt better. Yeah. Not, not that the only reason we pray is to feel better, but it was a good reminder that, that God is good, that he is sovereign. The other thing that really helped is I've been reading Chronicles. It's just where I'm at in my chronologic, you know, through the Bible, straight through the Bible, Bible reading. The history of Samuel and then Kings and then Chronicles is like, well, then a terrible guy came and he didn't honor the Lord for 50 years and everything went terribly. And then a good guy came and he did and everything went well. I mean, it's it's sobering in one sense because it reminds you that there's real consequences to who our leaders are and that God will judge us. It's also comforting because it's like things change quickly and people can repent. They can also go bad. It's fascinating how many kings start out well destroying the high places and then like somewhere they get proud and... Mm-hmm. They end up getting destroyed. I mean, it's it's scary how God doesn't mess around even when they've... There's a lot of things that are scary and sobering, but it also does give you a little bit of that Zen perspective of, okay, there's always going to be another leader. He's going to serve God or he won't. God will deal with us and the whole darn human comedy just keeps going. Generally, that judgment leads to mercy in the long run. Exactly. Leads to repentance, leads to mercy, leads to preparing the way for something good. Well, that in in the long run, I mean, in the long run, but in the short run, maybe tons of people will die. Yeah. And tons of Christians will die. Well, okay. So the other way that I was processing it was with a certain sense of schadenfreude, given how flippant people are in both directions, both in their cynicism and in their triumphalism. A lot of what really bugged me this whole election cycle was the Christians who wanted to act like everything was just going to be okay, or like Donald Trump was really truly our guy and not just somebody that God was kind of using. Or let me let me be really let me just be really honest. What bugged me was a lot of what shows like a cross politic do. And what shows like cross politic, I think, do. I don't listen to a lot of cross politics, so I don't pretend to be an expert in what they do or don't do. But the tone that I see in their advertisements and the things that I scroll past in Facebook and the things that I have listened to and watched from them is this something that reminds me a lot of the Christian triumphalism that I grew up with watching TBN and being part of Pentecostal churches, where it's just like Jesus is awesome and he's going to make things good for you. And 
cross politic has a different flavor and reformed Christianity has a different flavor because they like to talk about war and they like to talk about being the king's soldier and they like to even talk about how we're going to die for him and how we're going to bleed for him and how we're going to get in the, you know, they like, but there's this excitement to it. Badass kind of, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be fighting, laughing and feasting. It's holy war. It's holy war. It's jolly. You can be a jolly warrior. Uh huh. And it's the same sort of, yeah. It's the same sort of spirit of, I mean, the, the Pentecostals, they had that as a spiritual warfare. Yeah, right? exactly. When, when, we, when we sing our songs, the, the demons tremble. And when we sing our songs, the foundations of Washington tremble. Well, and that's what I was really, if, if there was ever anything that tempted me to go towards Pentecostalism, it was that. Because it is really exciting to read Frank Peretti's This Present Darkness or something like that. Especially when you're 11. Yeah, when you're, when you're young and you're really, immature. I, mean, I, I loved them. And, and you can see yourself as part of battle. And it's like when Jake's friend yesterday says a long prayer, he's not just saying a long prayer in a restaurant or whatever. There's an angel chopping the heads off of demons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and those demons are dying and smoke and it's oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the bad guys. You know, that's what's happening. Like, it's cool. It's cool to think like Satan's prowling like a roaring lion, but we're getting him. You know, we've got our guns and our, yep. and that's been so much. It's, it's like, okay, uh, I hate this phrase, but the medium is the message. It's like any one thing that a show like Cross Politics says, I agree with, but what I don't agree with and what drives me nuts and what I think is ultimately self-defeating and bad is just this whole tone of, it's going to be awesome. And, and that this this gets back to what Ben says. No, it's not always. Like, okay, there is a general trajectory towards God working out his will, toward it being good, towards God being merciful. And that's great. And further, you, could, you can go further, because what Jake said is true. It does work that way. And God uses the horrible things to discipline, you know, the prophet Jeremiah too. Yeah, well. And, and for, for his own good and for our good. I found myself yesterday processing this with a sense of short schadenfreude towards a lot of reformed Christians like cross politic thinking, you know what? I want Biden. This is a wicked thought on my part, but you know, it was the thought that I had, you know what? Actually it would be really fun if Biden got elected and if he was terrible and if he raised everybody's taxes and if he forbid us all from making any kind of uh, cakes for, you know, it would be really nice if all the worst things came to came true. Because I am so sick of people acting like it's just going to be awesome. I mean, it's like the same. It's like the difference between a John Wayne war movie where it's like, this is actually really fun. I'm with my friends and we're killing Nazis. Uh, this is great. And, and the experience of, of war, you know, and Saving Private Ryan, you know, like, oh, there's guts. Like, okay, sure. Bigger cause. Great. Cool. But let's not pretend like pain doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. As the great Patrick Swayze said in Roadhouse, pain don't hurt. Pain actually does hurt, Patrick Swayze. I don't like this whole thing that just seems to have, a, that seems to have a very, flip is a good word for it, attitude about spiritual warfare. And it's not that I don't think, well, let me ask you guys, I guess. You know, it's, it's not that I don't think we, I, mean, I think we've always, since the earliest days of working together, Jake, we've said one of the things that we want to do on this show and in the places on Warhorn Media and in your work as a pastor with Church of the King now you want to connect the mundane to the transcendent. You want to say like, actually something's at risk that's eternal. You want a little bit of that 
C.S. Lewis weight of glory. You're either talking to someone who's the worst monster or the greatest angelic being for all of eternity that you've ever met. That those are the stakes. You want some of that exciting excitement and even some of that joy de vivre kind of stuff. But my sense is that there's a line, and a lot of Christians cross it, and not just acknowledging. You know what? Actually, Biden could win, and it could suck, and it, and it could be mundanely on an existential everyday level bad. So without maybe going down the eschatology rabbit holes that we could get to, do you guys think I'm crazy? First of all, am I, am I just being mean to reformed Christians like cross politic that have this triumphant attitude about things that they project? You know, we've been seeing thing, the heat turn up on Christians slowly for a long time. One way or another, uh, barring a miracle of God and a Trump ele- uh, election notwithstanding, the heat's going to continue to turn up on Christians. And at the end of the day, you don't prepare for battle, real battle, by cosplaying. And it's not that it's not helpful to get yourself in that in the mindset that there's real battle coming. But what you what you also don't do is tell yourself you're in the real the real battle and that you're winning it because you're just going to be blindsided when it comes. The real battle is the small little daily things that you do to deal with your sin and to deal with, to control, I think, the things that you can control. So, Ben fighting through his malaise, you meeting with a guy and then going and working on things and then disciplining your kids to not idolize the, like. Or freak out or whatever. As as mundane, those things are about as mundane as they come. That's what we've been given, right? Like that's what we've been given to do and to work with. And that doesn't mean that we don't process and feel the weight of the judgment that would be a Biden-Harris election. Mm -hmm. But the way that you deal with that is repentance, dealing with your own sin, mourning, as Ben was talking about, mourning or preparing to mourn, fasting, and then saying, okay, like this is the time that God has given us to live in, and so he's going to equip us for it, and we've got a job to do. And that means that we've got to prepare our children for this. Mm-hmm. We've got to prepare our children for the world that they're going to inherit. This is the world we made and our parents made and mm-hmm. our grandparents made. This is the world we're giving to them. Whatever we need to repent of, we've got to repent of. And however we need to prepare them for it and our church and our church people for it, we need to prepare them for it. And there are ways that we need to be ready to fight. And there are ways that we need to be ready to laugh. The King of Heaven laughs. And there are ways that we need to be prepared to feast because we have a hope that transcends all of the pain and awfulness and suffering of this world. And we groan in eager anticipation of that hope, just as nature does. We can celebrate in the face of any mounting dangers. But what we don't do is turn those deep truths into platitudes. Mm-hmm. It, and and paint everything we do with a cheap glossed over veneer. Because actual joy is something different. Maybe it just, I think the phrase uh, jolly warrior sticks in my craw because it sounds flippant, glib. And being being a joyful warrior of Christ Jesus is, well, I guess Jake is talking about it and you're talking about it. It's like the daily stuff. It's like, yeah, suffer through the daily stuff. That's how you be a joyful warrior of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, the Apostle Paul wrote, wrote Philippians, rejoice, again I say rejoice. 
I've learned the secret to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in, whether a plenty or want, hunger, uh, uh, feasting or famine, all the things. And you look back on the Apostle Paul's life. Mm-hmm. And so that's a man like, let's read that passage in First Corinthians where he's talking about, you know, nine times I was beaten with rods and I forget, you know, what's mm-hmm. what, you know, but three times I was stoned and left for dead and shipwrecked and nights and days at sea. Like this was his life mm-hmm. of suffering as a soldier for Jesus, prison and everything else. Like the quality and character of that kind of rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Jolly, we would call it. Wouldn't you, Jake? I, I don't think of the Apostle Paul as a jolly. So I, sure he laughed quite a bit and whatever else, but, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to, there's a, there is a, and the legitimacy in emphasizing these things is there is a, a way, like I remember, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, um, you know, the, the song, I've got the joy, 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 mm-hmm. down on my, right. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like that dumb, like minor key cover of that song? Yeah. No. I've got the joy, joy. I can't even you do, can't it. do it. You can't do it because you have to have minor the, the minor key behind it, right? The minor yeah. chords behind it. That was lame. There's a way of taking the joy out of rejoicing mm-hmm. and saying everything's got to feel heavy and everything's got to feel, you need to be wearing and carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And we don't have to do that because we have a God in heaven who's king and he carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. But that doesn't mean that we get to therefore go about clicking our heels, licking our lollipops mm-hmm. and saying, we're joyful warriors for Christ. You know, we're right. jolly warriors. Like there's more to it than talking about that all the time. Uh, and to right? be fair to CrossPolitik, I hope and believe that they do nuance some of these things in their discussions that I don't listen to. No, like they do. To- 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 listen, Toby's a friend of mine. You know, I, I've texted with Toby and we've hung out and he's come here to Bloomington and he's visited. Uh, I was going to go to uh, the Grace Agenda Conference and stay with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's not pretend like there's no relationship here. Right. But just the same. When you see those videos about like the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference and stuff like which that. Which I never pay attention to anyway. Right. I only pay attention to them because Facebook feeds me them constantly. Well, what I will say is the biggest fans of that kind of... Well, I'll just say this. The biggest fans of cross politic outside of Moscow that I have met have never been somebody I would ever in my life go to battle with for any reason. Right. Because you don't go to battle with the person that thinks that everything has to have the glory of a little boy with a stick pretending to go to battle. Exactly. Watching a movie about battle. You go to the battle with the person that wants to go to battle. Yeah. Which means doing joyfully, lightly, happily with laughter, doing the actual work of going to battle every day with their own sin. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I, I am creative director of Warhorn Media. I relate this to creative work. It's like a lot of people like the idea of writing poetry, but at a certain point, like you have to type things and your wrists hurt because you've been typing or, you know, it's, it's fun to do a podcast like this. Then I have to go like edit the podcast, you know, that's how, that's how life works. Like work is work. It comes with, strain it comes with a cost it comes with the curse in fact and it's foolish to pretend like that's not the case which is the the message of the medium you know which is the the subconscious thing that some of this stuff some of the worst of this stuff can communicate like actually we're not supposed to feel all that bad if biden's elected because god is in his heaven 
and everything's okay and we're doing our part and God is the king and he's already won. It's like, okay, I'll grant you most of those premises, I guess. But Ben said, we need to prepare to mourn. Where's that? Like we need to do the work of being sad because God's obviously judging our nation. And then the difficult work of figuring out how to live in a nation that's being judged. Like, And on some level, just be okay with that. Yeah. These things take work. They take time. They take effort. I think it is easy to approach these things flippantly. And that is what I was processing yesterday as I wickedly <laughs> hoped that Joe Biden would be elected so that people on Twitter, which is a cesspool, like Twitter does not represent the best of humanity at this point in its storied existence, I don't think. But, you know, it was like, all these reformed people on Twitter, I would like them to be punished by having something bad happen because they keep acting like everything is just good. And I thought that that was something that cheap, charismatic, health, wealth kind of people did. But apparently it's something that has that the reformed world now does too with a f- reformed veneer and reformed vernacular. But it amounts to the same thing, which is just let's just pretend like things that are terrible are okay because dot, 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 Jesus. And that's not cool. Anything else about this election? Jesus really is king. Mm-hmm. And he's in control. We really don't have to worry about the results. It really is okay to breathe and get up and go to work, love our families, and focus on controlling the things we can control. Have we put those two things together? Like, did 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 you just say the opposite of what we got done saying? No, obviously not. But maybe it's a helpful question to ask. Why not? Because. Jesus is king. We are supposed to joyfully, like, who cares? He actually did win. We can take joy in that. The king of heaven does laugh. Yeah, I think there's just a difference between... Maturity and immaturity about it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be willing to look uh, the ugliness of it all full in the face for what it is. You have to be willing to mourn it and see it for what it is. And when you do that, then the truth that Jesus is king is a comfort to you. And it's not a buzzword that you use to keep from having to face those realities, Mm -hmm. right? You put a plastic cover on, you know, a Band-Aid. You use these cliches as Band-Aids, right? To cover up the cancer that's killing our country and our neighbors and our friends. And But if you rip the Band-Aid off and you face down the ugliness of the judgment, the cancer, the, the sin, then the truth that was plastered over, plastered onto the Band-Aid, hits home and is there as real medicine and real comfort in the face of whatever it is you have to deal with. I mean, mean, it's a little convoluted of an analogy, but don't, you can't let people take deep truths of scripture and then ruin them for you by turning them into platitudes. Mm -hmm. You have to rescue the deep truths of scripture from being platitudes and that comes with facing it all of life and all of it, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish mm-hmm. but have eternal life. One of the most wonderful truths of scripture. And something that can be used as the tritest of platitudes. Yeah, and has been by many people. And you can't let people take John 3.16 away from you. You have to rescue it from mm-hmm. the people that would turn it into a platitude. 
All right. Well, I think we're going to do a few more episodes like this during this whole, as, as the election cycle into the holidays, we're, we're going to do some more just like kind of off the cuff discussions and won't be as much production value and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I hope people enjoy it and it's helpful. The important thing to do is to listen to Ben Solzer because he is an expert in the field of everything. But especially politics. But especially politics, yeah. Why, why didn't you run for president? It's it's an open question, Nathan. Fill in the blank, Ben. A vote for Solzer is a vote for... Sanity, of course. Sanity, sanity. Oh, and then I like comma, of course. <laughs> <laughs> As would be evident to anyone, a vote for Solzer is a vote for sanity. He's Ben Solzer, and he endorses this message. <laughs> Sound of Sanity, produced by me, executive produced by Jake and me. Uh, associate produced by Ben. Support us at patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. Get more stuff like this. Until next time, stay sane.